Bible, the book of Acts, chapter 27. While you're turning there, we'll remind you about the tent coming, and we're praying about that, and we're, you know, those 20, 20 for the tent envelopes are available. Help us in that, if you would. And uh, these cards, these invites, we did a pre-send out to churches in the area, and then we got these cards for all of us to hand out or mail to somebody. Uh, get them out under the sound of the gospel. It'll be another great meeting. And got some great preachers coming, Brian McBride, Jason Kendrick. Uh, we've got um, Brian McBride's pastor, James Brown, coming for a couple days. Not the James Brown you're thinking about right now, I know. <laughs> the other James Brown. But a uh, good preacher. I think he's pastored his church for over 40 years. He's just a great preacher. And uh, we're going to have the McBride family. We haven't had them in a while. They'll be with us a few days. And, of course, uh, we got the Kendrick family, our church groups, uh, I've got uh, uh, Brother uh, Adam uh, Summers and his wife, Melody, coming. And this time, I get the family. They're coming on Friday night, and man, they can play gospel music. It's going to be a great meeting. The gospel's going to be preached. We'll have tons of people coming. Christians being encouraged under the old tent. Our 43rd year. Can you believe that? And uh, God is going to bless that. But we need to invite people now. Do our best. Especially we want to get people under the sound of the gospel. So please pray uh, about the upcoming meeting. Acts chapter 27 this morning. I'm switching gears from Sunday school now to uh, the morning message. I want to make sure I had the right message here. You wouldn't want to hear that one again. Uh, some of you weren't in here. Maybe I could do that sometime. You know what I did this week? I told my wife, I was going through some things, uh, some files, and I come across 
in my files a couple messages. I said, well, that was a good one. And it was like 20 years ago. And this other one, I looked at it, I said, that was a good one. And I told her, I said, I'm thinking about going through and getting maybe five or six or seven and doing, you know, like the classics, you got the classic old movies and you got the classics, the old songs, the classics. I'm going to do some classic. I don't have too many, but I'm going to have some classic sermons and maybe pull those out and redo them. And I mean, I, I was blessed by reading them and I thought, man, this would be good. So I don't know. We'll see something different. But uh I know we waited till Brother Hasbrook passed away and we did his 10 best. I don't want to be dead before we try this. And I might just go ahead and preach a few of those before I die and people feel bad. So a few, like my wife, somebody else might love me. But anyway, Acts chapter 27. Let's get into God's word this morning. Amen. Uh, we've got a little bit of a reading. I hope that doesn't bother you too much this morning. Acts chapter 27, verse 1. And when it was determined that we should sail to Italy, they departed, they delivered, excuse me, Paul and certain other prisoners under one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustus band. And entering to his ship, to Adramium, we, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonia of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius uh, um, courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go and his friends to re refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. When we had sailed over the sea of uh, Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to uh, Myra the city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Sidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon. And, and hardly passing it came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh wherein too was the city of Asaia. Now when much time was spent and, and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, that's the Passover, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will do, uh, be much hurt and much damage, not only for the landing of the ship, but also of lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Now watch verse 14. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. Now, through our church of late, there have been several individuals and families that have gone through some pretty difficult stuff, some fierce storms. 
And the Lord put this, I've preached out of these texts before, but the Lord put this on my heart about a week ago. And I want to see if we can get some help from God's word on, here's my thought, how to make it through our storms. Folks, there's going to be some storms. And uh, how to make it through with the help of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us today as we get into thy word, we see what happened to Paul and his company. Lord, they were in your will. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were preaching your word and going place to place, establishing churches, strengthening the brethren. And Lord, right in the middle of their being in your will came a great storm. And Lord, it was fierce. There was lightning, thunder, waves. They feared for their lives, but Lord, you were there and you helped them. Father, we have some folks of our own congregation. They've been going through some storms. Some will go through a storm soon, Lord, no doubt. And I just pray that you'd help this message to be a comfort to those that have been going through some stuff, but also, Lord, help those that are in the midst of a storm or about ready to enter into one. Help us, Lord, to look to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Storms. We've had some folks in our church go through illness, serious medical diagnosis, ongoing treatments, health crisis, surgery, rehab, passing away of loved ones, all these things and more. These are difficult. These are draining physically, but also spiritually. Remember, the Word of God says that we're a trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit. And any physical thing is going to affect us, listen, spiritually. And it can get us down, amen, mentally, emotionally, physically, but listen, also spiritually. And the Lord wants to help us in these storms that we'll go through. Here in our text, the Apostle Paul and company are going through a storm, a great storm. It's so great they had a name. You know how today we have storms coming up and the weather men will say, uh, you know, uh, I've got to be careful here. Uh, storm Helen is coming. Uh, Storm uh, Bruce is coming. I don't think we have any Helens or Bruce's maybe here today. And it's just they name these storms, and often they're alphabetical, and the next one's going to be under that category. But here was one called Eurachlodon. Now, the word Eurachlodon means a violent east wind, a great agitation, southeast Mighty waves. I looked this up. A wind causing broad waves and swells. A, a violent tempest of wind. Causing much consternation. Causing possible damage. Loss of life. Eurachlodon. And then it said it was a tempestuous storm. God adding some more information for us. A wind that meant a whirlwind. It meant a funnel. So you could think about that type of a storm, a funnel cloud, a tempestuous whirlwind. I mean, this is a bad storm. Even the, the sailors that were very familiar with sailing in the waters and so forth and how to, how to run the ship and, and how to take care of it in the midst of a storm, they were fearful for their lives. They do certain things at crisis time. This Lord's Day, I'm, 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 I know I'm preaching and teaching your, God's word today to some folks that are in the midst of a storm. And you know, any little storm is important to you and God, but these great storms come in sometimes. What to do? 
when they blow in, what to do when they come into our lives and they, they, they change the normalcy of daily living, our daily existence. And it can just come out of nowhere. Everything can, like in our story, it was fair haven. It was beautiful sky, amen. It was sunshine. It was a little light wind. And before long, a great raging storm called Eurachlodon. Here, Paul is traveling at sea, and he comes some distance. And just out of nowhere, this great storm enters into his life and the life of those that were with him. The story, for time's sake, says that for 14 days and nights, they were tossed about with this storm. Think about that. Think about it. Later on, muse on that. 14 days and nights, unable to see a raging storm, lightning, thundering, waves, fearfulness, 14 days and nights. The ship tossed to and fro, upward, downward, backward, sideways, violent winds. I've never been anything like that before. I haven't. I went one time fishing with some guys and a little storm come up. Man, half the boat was over the side doing you know what I mean. But it was bad. But you can imagine 14 days, 14 nights. We can't, we can't imagine. But it happened. And let I look at folks in our church right now through health crisis, financial setbacks, loss of life, cancer, heart attacks, strokes, all this stuff that happens in our lives. And people are in a violent storm. Our body's weak. We think we're strong. We think we're all right. Hardest thing for me as a pastor through the years of ministry is to minister to families where the little babies in the ICU. Children come down with a fever or an illness suddenly and the doctors are concerned and they're running tests and young people having an accident or what have you. And listen, Sometimes, sometimes people pass. I've done funerals for children. One of the hardest things for me to personally do in ministry to do a, a funeral of a baby or a young child or a teenager or a young man or woman in their prime. It's not easy when people middle age or older, don't get me wrong, but these are difficult times and people go through these storms and everything's going good. The sky is blue, puffy white clouds, sunshine, and then a storm, a storm, a great storm. It's the storms that tell us really where we are in our faith. It's the storms that check our character, our integrity, our spirituality. Now this is described in the Word of God as an awful storm. So what did they do? That's my thought today. What did they do in the midst of their personal, tempestuous storm? The Word, the word of God shows us some things that Paul did, that they did. And I, you know, I'm using this as a springboard, I understand, to spiritual thoughts. <coughs> but I want you to understand, what you're going through today is no less of a storm. They come into our lives. Some storms we can see coming from afar. We know that maybe there's a health situation or there's a, there's a personal problem in the home, a marital issue, an issue with family, uh, 
uh, siblings and things like that. Church problems can arise. And the, we see the storm coming and we try to do our best to avoid that storm or, or, uh, or, 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 or correct some things about our own life, our ship, as we see something approaching. But listen, it's those storms that we don't see coming. We need to depend on our Lord, on the captain of our soul. Oftentimes people go through some things and you know what it'll do? It'll drive us to our knees. It'll get us back in the book. It'll get us to confess sin that's been in, in our life and we've been hanging on to. These things are not bad in and of themselves, but wouldn't it be good if we were in right relationship with the Lord and we were in the Word and not in prayer when these things come? It'll make a world of difference. And as we read this story, the sailors are panicking, but Paul had an appointment from God and he knew exactly what was happening. And it was fearful for everybody, but Paul had an answer from God. They come out of nowhere. They come out of the blue. They come out of the sunshine. Romans 8, 28. Just the other day, before I read this, brother, I got a call from, uh, I, I spoke with um, uh, Brother Doug Ramage's daughter. Brother Doug had a bad accident this weekend with his wife. I think it was Wednesday, I'm sorry. Somebody Drove him off the road inadvertently, didn't mean to do it, and, and they lost control of the car, flipped the car, totally destroyed the car. And Mrs. Ramage, she had two broken ribs and lots of stitches and banged up. And Brother Doug, he, he broke uh, at the base of his skull uh, some bones. He's busted up, and they're out of the hospital. I called to check on them, but they're going to have several weeks of recovery. And listen, they're just driving down the road. Amen. Yeah. Out of the blue. Not their fault. They didn't do anything. You know, these kind of things make you think, well, listen, I'm serving God. I'm, I'm in church. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm serving Jesus. I'm tithing. I'm giving the missions. I, I'm separated. I'm totally dedicated. And people will say, Why? God, I'm doing my best. Why, why did you let this happen to me? Amen? Yeah. We have those thoughts. Let's not pretend. Sure. Sometimes people say those things. Sometimes they think them if they don't say them. Right. Hey, storms are going to come. Right. But God has plan. He has purpose. Yeah. Romans 8, 28, that great verse we always quote to everybody else when they're going through a problem. <laughs> but it's still a great verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. James 1.12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. 1 Peter 5.10, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. It's that, we don't want to suffer. Who wants to suffer? I don't want to suffer. John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Verse after verse we could read, but when you're going through it, and it's your baby, it's your wife, it's your husband, it's your job, it's your cancer diagnosis, when it's you having a heart attack, when you've just got over a stroke, it's a whole different thing. Storms. 
We're going to go through some. We're going to pass through some. And God encourages us this morning in his word to hang on, hold out. Sail on the best you can. And look at some of the things that were done in this text that can help us today in whatever we're going through. And I'm not trying to make this simplistic. Please don't misunderstand me. This is an opportunity for us to search our hearts as we go through certain storms of life. First thing they did, look at chapter 27, verse 18. I think it's interesting. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. Verse 38, it says, And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat unto the sea. You know, what are you going to do when you go through some storms of life? You've got to get rid of the excess baggage. As I said, we all carry things in our lives that we shouldn't be carrying. Every once in a while, life's going to cause pain and suffering. There's going to be a storm that enters our lives, and, and we, instead of can fall apart, or we can fall on our knees and get to the Lord. But oftentimes, the Lord has been speaking, but we've not been listening. And sometimes, you know, the things that happen in our life have nothing to do with us. Job was a man that feared God and he shewed evil. But Satan came along one day and said, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Hey, would to God we live such a life that Satan would say, hey, have you considered Barb or Tom or Sally? You could be doing everything right and go through a storm. You could be doing everything exemplary and still have Satan come at you. But here's the thing I want you to see today. What if you're not right with God? What if you are messing around? What if you are holding on to sins that are grieving God and quenching the Spirit of God and keeping you from growing and hurting your testimony? What about those? Hey, when we go through storms, we need to ask ourselves, is, yes, Lord, are you trying to teach me something? Is there some sin I need to confess? Is, is there something I need to obey? Is, is there a direction I need to go? Maybe I need to repent of some. Yes, Christians need to repent. Repent. You know, everybody, this simplistic gospel, the easy gospel, they don't want to just believe, just believe, just believe. The Bible says repent and be saved. There's things to be repented of, but repentance is not just getting rid of things. Repentance is turning the direction you're going and turning to God, getting closer to the Lord. And sometimes we're so hard-hearted and stubborn and proudful, we, we don't want to get close to the Lord. We know it'll cost us too much. So sometimes God will let a storm blow in, and then we have a desire to get closer to God. Amen. But why don't we just get closer to God before the storm? Why don't we get the excess baggage out of our life before we have to say, oh, God, what are you saying? Amen. Excess baggage. Things that are dragging us down. Amen. Verse 18, they said they are exceedingly tossed. This is not a night of terror. This is 14 days and 14 nights of terror. And what do they do? They're throwing things overboard. Man, it's, you know, when sailors and captains are throwing things overboard, it's, it's serious. It's serious. And then that last reference about throwing stuff out, they had their last meal. <laughs> that, that really make you wake up, amen? I mean, a few days earlier, they're throwing everything out. Then they're saying, let's have our last meal. We don't know when we're going to eat. We might be at, at sea on boards and parts of the craft, so let's have something to eat so we don't have to eat sushi. Amen. 
And no offense. We went out the other night with the Beamons and had sushi. I was so scared. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm good for crab and lobster, but you know, eating an eel, it has no, I have no desire in other sordid, weird stuff. <laughs> but they're thinking, we got to eat our last meal. And they're eating it, and then they're casting it. That's serious. But then it gets worse. They're throwing out the tackling. That's how you run the ship. You don't do that unless it's pretty bad. Amen. But folks, I'm telling you, we ought to search our hearts today and see, is there something in our hearts and in our lives that need to go now? Now. Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. I don't know about you, but I got a flesh that's easily persuaded. Amen. And we think we can go along through life and be disobedient and disrespectful to God and care nothing for the things of God, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. Go ahead, big boy, young lady, sir, ma'am, senior citizen. Have that hard heart. Be, kill God at a distance. He got a storm ready. These storms sometimes humble us. These storms eventually help us. But God's saying, get, get the stuff out of your life now. Get rid of all that stuff that's not necessary. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.22 that you put off concerning the former conversation, the way you used to live. People make a profession of faith and they want to still live the way they've always lived. It doesn't work that way. We're to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. Colossians 3 and verse 8 and 9 says, But now ye also put off. what? Put off. These, anger, malice, wrath, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Yeah, that's written to Christians. We get mad and out comes that word. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I hate to get on people because you know what? It don't come out of my mouth anymore, but it comes to my mind. I still remember the words sometimes, and I don't want to. Sometimes that... Uh, that, that wrath, I was talking to somebody the other night, and they were talking about how quick-tempered they are, and they got the victory over it, and they were doing fine. They used to really be want to fight, box and fight and wrestle and all that stuff. And he said he was coming home from a revival meeting. He was singing a song about the Lord. The Lord's been good to us. He's singing that song. He's singing that song. And he said some guy cuts him off, and he pulls up next to his window, and they turn down their windows, and they're yelling at each other, and he's telling, you're, what, you're an idiot. What'd you do that for? He said, I got done, rolled the window up. He went his way, I went mine. He said, I went back to singing that song. <laughs> and I thought, that's us. <laughs> Victory in Jesus. Blah, 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 blah. My Savior. For, what is Hey. Hey. Certain provocation, you'd be surprised what you think or say or do. It's the storm. Amen. But Paul says, put off these things. Get these things out of your heart, out of your life, because a storm is coming. 
Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10, and have put on the new man. There's some things we need to put on. Amen. Moving on. We need to get rid of some stuff, especially in a time of storm. Some unconfessed and unrepented of sin, some unreasonable offenses, some nonsensible thinking, some unrealistic expectations, some lustful thoughts, some unwise friendships and associations and alliances, some bad habits, and we could go on and on and on. What do you do when you're in the midst of a storm? Get rid of the excess baggage. Number two, look at Acts 27, verse 21. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and have gained this harm and loss, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this day and this night the angel of the Lord, whose, whose I am and whom I serve. Here's what we should do when, when we're going through a sermon. Get alone with God in prayer. In prayer. Not a, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I mean prayer. And wouldn't it be good if our prayer lives were in order before we had to really pray about something serious? Oh, God, don't take my baby. Oh, God, don't take my husband. Oh, God, don't, don't take my leg. I know I've had diabetes and I've not been listening to the doctor. Oh, God, don't take that from me. Oh, God, don't let me this be a heart attack. We, 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 we get serious in prayer when it hits us. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I think of people that go through storms, terrible loss, tears, suffering. And here's the thing that's so sad. They sail on without any change, thinking that, well, that one's passed. There will always be another one, and another one, and another one. It's time to get alone with God. When's the last time you were alone with God? Somebody sang a song not long ago. When's the last time you got by your bed and prayed to the God in heaven? Bowed the knee. Shed some tears. Did some begging. Saying, oh, please, God. When's the last time? Oh, we, we, do we just relegate that to emergency? To crisis? No. We need to get in with the Lord. The Bible says in James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Listen, saints, storms are coming. Storms are going to blow in out of the blue. Are we ready? Are we ready to learn? Are we ready to get rid of some stuff? Are we ready to get a hold of our God? Today, are you in right relationship with the Lord your God? Thirdly, look at chapter 20. 7, verse 23. And there stood by me this night the angel of God. When we're in a storm, know this. God is with us. God is with us. There's nothing that can happen to you or I that God is not aware of. But we'll get in those storms of life and there'll be much lightning. There'll be much thunder. There'll be much... Uh, rough seas, but remember the Lord is with us. 
In, math, in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, I won't go there, but in verse 38, the, the disciples were at sea with the Lord and a storm blew in. I mean, these are seasoned vets. And a storm blew in and they, Master, carest not that we perish. Boy, that sounds like us sometimes. Lord, don't you? you Lord, this is me. I, I've been serving you. I've been sacrificing. I, I've been doing everything. Listen, Lord, I can't do any more than I know to do. Don't you care, Lord? Verse 39 says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said, Peace be still. And the wind abased. And I like this part. And there was great calm. You know the Lord, if he wants to quiet the storm, he certainly could. But sometimes he doesn't. Hey, not all prayers get answered the way we want them to be answered. Amen. Sometimes it's no. We want people to be healed, and I'm, I'm all for that. Pray. The effectual fervent prayer. But sometimes God's idea of healing is taking them to heaven. Sometimes God's idea of correcting family problems is to let somebody go through... Sorrow. It, this isn't easy to think about, but, it, but it's truth. Sometimes the Lord answers prayers and we rejoice. And here's what we often do. And Lord, here's what, oh Lord, please intervene. Lord, save. Lord, help. Lord, fix this. Lord, correct that. Lord, help us direct our steps. Give us what we need financially. All these prayers. And here we add this little caveat of prayer and we say Lord and we'll give you all the glory ha ha as quick as we're help is how quick we forget to give him the glory amen and going through a storm while being driven with the fierce winds of adversity hold on to a promise not to just any promise, his promise. Acts chapter 27, verse 25, Paul adds these little words. Sirs, be of good cheer. Sirs, be of good cheer. Here's why. For I believe God. Say it with me. For I believe God. Well, we just sound like a TV preacher. For I believe God. That's good. Paul's saying it. He means it. And he says to them, Sirs, be of good cheer. Because the Lord knows that he can rebuke the wind. He can give us peace. He can fix the situation. But sometimes the Lord allows certain things to correct us. Sometimes God allows us to go through things to get the gospel to somebody else. We forget about that. Sometimes we're sitting in a doctor's office or at a hospital. And yes, the Lord's going to be with us. But sometimes God has allowed that appointment to reach some soul for Jesus Christ. Sometimes death comes to our loved ones and the gospel is preached and souls are saved that might have not been saved. God's got a purpose and a plan. Sometimes God allows things for us to truly be thankful for what we have. Amen.
I see so many Christians today, it seems so unthankful, so ungrateful. But boy, the Lord allows store to come in our life. You know what? It, it fixes us. Yeah. It adjusts some attitudes. It causes some actions to take place. It ought to. Amen? And so we need to hold on to his promise. Paul said, I talked to God, and God said everything's going to be all right. He took time in prayer. He got a word from God, and now he's sharing that with the rest of them. Amen? There's key here in Mark's gospel, chapter 34, and I talked about the Lord with his disciples, and a storm brews up, and he says, they say, carest not that we perish, and he gets up and he rebukes the wind, and everything's calm. There's a key to that story that we never pay attention to, or seldom pay attention to. It's the very beginning of the story. It says in verse 35, On the same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over on the other side. See, the Lord had already made a promise. God had already told them what was going to happen. We're, we're going the other side. But they didn't know about the storm. He did. He knew. Matter of fact, in that very storm, God's working on more than one life. He's working on these guys. But if you read that story, there's a guy up on a mountain. He's called the Madman of Kadera. And after they got out of that storm, you know, they came to shore, and guess what? He's meeting them. He, something has got a hold of him. Something has said to him, hey, that's him. Go down there. He can, he can help you. Nobody else can help you. He can help you. And that madman meets the Lord after that storm. Now, the rest of those disciples would have said in the past, hey, get out of here, you madman. But that guy, I believe, on that mountain had been watching. He saw that storm blow in. He saw that, that, the craziness of the crew. He saw it all happen. And then he saw the calm. And he, that man then looked around. He got his senses back. He said, man, there's something about that guy's different. I think he could help me. And the storm that was raging in his soul was calm the same way. Same context. Just same story. Hey, listen now. There's going to be storms, but he has promised that we'll get to the other side. I don't have time this morning. I have so much of these verses. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Listen, we're going to get through the storm. We're going to get through the storm. It won't be easy, but we're going to go through the storm. God is able Look at verse 23 again. He says, For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord. Not an angel of the Lord, the angel. That's a Christophanes. That's a pre-appearance of Christ. He said, there, God stood here with me, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that are sailed with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. It is, it, it, that it set, shall be even as it was told me. God gave a personal word to Paul, and he shared that word to the rest. While facing our storms, we might be in the smack dab middle of one right now. Believe the promises. Believe the promises of God. Pray. Get the baggage out. When we pray, for others we care about and nothing happens like we want it to happen. Keep believing God. Keep praying. Keep serving the Lord. Amen. Believe his promise. Paul did and we should. He said he'd never forsake us. 
He'd never leave us. Isaiah 43, I'm going to read this and I'm going to wrap this up. Isaiah 43, and I want to read the first five verses because I want us to see the context here. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the fire kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God. The Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Sibia for thee, since thou was precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, I am with thee. Hey, you know what we need to hear this morning from God? Listen. I'm with you. I'm, I haven't left you. You know what we need to hear today? I know what you're going through. I'm aware. Most important thing, I love thee. That's what he said. God loves you. Well, if he loves me, why? He loves you. He loves you. Now, saints, think of this. There are people all over this globe that have life just like you do. But they don't have God. And they don't know the love of God. And they don't know the Son of God. And they don't have the Holy Spirit of God. And they don't have the Word of God. They don't have the family of God. Storms show us what we have. We're blessed. Is God going to answer? Yes. Is it always going to be good? No. But he's with us and he loves us. And we'll get through the storm because that's the last thing I want you to see. Chapter 27, verse 35. Please read it. Matthew 37, or 27, verse 35. Get this. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread. Acts chapter 27, verse 35. And gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And when... And we were in all in the ship 203 score and 17, 16 souls. When they had eaten enough, they lighted the ship and cast out the bread into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded if they were possible to thrust the ship. God allowed all this to happen. And here's what happened. The ship broke up. Watch verse 44. They're coming to that shoreline. And it says, And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. 
And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Hey, the thing they feared the most happened. The ship broke up. Everybody went in the sea. But no lives were lost. You know why? He promised them. God told Paul, no one's going to lose their life. And you know what I see here? They all got to shore. Now, folks, in this life, some people are going to go ahead of us. But we're all going to shore. We don't like that, but sometimes that happens. But God is aware, and God is powerful, and God answers prayer, and God loves us. And God could say, peace be still. But God does allow things to happen sometimes for his purposes and his reason. But the ultimate truth is, we're going to make it the other side. We're going to get to the other shore. What a day that will be. And here's what we need to know. When the storm passes, don't forget to thank God for what he's done. For what he's done what he's allowed. Thank God. Praise him. Praise him. Thank him. Because we're all going to get safe to shore. What a time that's going to be one day when we see our loved ones. I want to read this and I'm done. It's called Safely Home. I am home in heaven, dear ones. Oh, so happy and so bright. There is perfect joy and beauty in this everlasting light. All the pain and grief is over, every restless tossing past. I am now at peace forever, safely home in heaven at last. Did you wonder I so calmly trod the valley of the shade? Oh, but Jesus' arm to lean on, could I have one doubt or dread? Then you must not grieve so sorely, for I love you dearly still. Try to look beyond earth's shadows, pray to trust our Father's will. There is work still waiting for you, so you must not idle stand. Do it now while life remaineth, you shall rest in Jesus' land. When that work is all completed, he will gently call you home. Oh, the rapture of that meeting. Oh, the joy to see you come. Yeah, we've had some souls go to heaven recently. If we back up three months from that, there's a few more. Six months from that, a few more. A year ago, a few more. The truth is, if the Lord tarries his coming, we don't know what three months holds here, or the next six, or the next one or two or more. But we're going to get to shore. And when we get there, oh my God. My goodness, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see, but not just him, all the saints that have gone on before. I want you to have hope in your storm today. And you know, I'm pastor, and I'm pretty aware of what people are going through, but I know there are several of you going through things that you've just not said much, or you haven't even brought it up. Some may have tests, and no one knows the result yet. Some's going through a trial, and you're still in the midst of it. Some of you are going through things that you just haven't told anybody. You're just praying about them yourself. I, I get that. But there are so many I do know about. 
I want to say God loves you. He's with you. He's aware. There's going to be some good come out of it. But listen, I wish I could say, we're all going to be great. Can't say that. Because I don't know the purpose of God in everybody's life. But I do know he's a great God. He's a good God. And he's a merciful God. And he's a long-suffering God. And he's a gracious God. And he's a loving God. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Paul stood on that deck in the midst of a storm and said, oh, this is the God whom I serve. And he said, oh, everything's going to be all right. Amen? Let's bow our heads if we would, every head bowed. Maybe there's...